Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. If you have a Bible, get ready to open it up. We're going to pray real quick. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that your word says this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come to your house and to gather with your family. And God, we just thank you that you put your words in my heart and my mouth, and that I say only the things that you want me to say, that I am communicating your perfect will. And God, I ask that people's hearts and ears are open and ready to receive your word. We say that if there's any filters, if there's anything that hinders um, the word of God finding seed, we say that those things are gone in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Father, that your perfect love and life and word are communicated today. We say that you have your way in this place. And if you agree with that, we said amen. 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 We have been talking about the Holy Spirit. This series has been called, Hello, My Name is the Holy Spirit. Now, I do believe, I said this to you on the first week that I preached, and um, I do believe that the Holy Spirit is one of the most misunderstood aspects of who God is. And that's why we are trying and endeavoring to speak about the Holy Spirit to bring some clarity to his role, who he is, how he operates, and what he does, so that when people ask you, hey, what's the deal with the Holy Spirit? You can say, oh, I have an answer for that. I can tell you who the Holy Spirit is and what his job is and how he works and how he operates. And um, I always get excited when I preach. Like when, when, when I preach some stuff, I get excited. And so some, sometimes, maybe today this may happen, I may tell you the punchline of my sermon before to the end. I usually like to wait to the end of my sermon to throw the punchline in there, but sometimes I get so excited that I just throw it in right away. And if I do that, I apologize because what ends up happening is I end up saying it over and over and over again. But the Bible says that faith comes by what? Mm -hmm. And hearing from the Word of God. So, man, if I hit that punchline today, just get excited and be like, yeah, you, that's it. That's the punchline. And then we'll just say it a bunch of times and you can go home and hopefully you won't forget what that punchline was. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, he's, he's talking to you. He's telling you not to forget. We know you forget things, so don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Amen, 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 amen. All right. Today we are talking about this, the gift. The gift. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls him over and over again the gift. But in the Bible, there is the gift of the Spirit, there is spiritual gifts, and there is the fruit of the Spirit. And then there's the gift of speaking in tongues. So there's all these gifts referring to the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we can get confused and forget about what is the fruit of the Spirit, what is a spiritual gift, what is the gift of the Spirit. And today, I hope to break this down for you so that you can leave this place adequately able to understand those different aspects and that you can communicate those to other people. We are having, as far as I know, Marlene may have a different, different recollection of this, but as far as we know, I know, we are having a great time at our, at our ministry school on Tuesday nights. I'm really enjoying it. Lil, are you enjoying it? I'm really having a good time. And one of the things they tell you, it's, it's Hillsong curriculum. Sierra, are you enjoying it? 
Because you just stare at me all the time. And I'm always like, what is, is she listening? Is she, it's like this, shoulders, arms crossed and staring. You're, take, you're just like, taking it in? Taking it in. Okay, all of it. Um, and one of the things they tell you is tell people what you're going to tell them, then tell them, and then tell them what you've told them. So today, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, then I'm going to tell you about it, and at the end of it, I'm going to tell you what I told you. Hopefully, you'll leave this place remembering all the things I told you. That's a whole lot of telling, but let's hope you get it. All right, so let's talk about this. There is a difference between the gift of the Spirit. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Can you put that on the screen? All right, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and it says this, Peter replied, each of you must repent. Now, this is after the Holy Spirit fell, and the Bible says that these people that were in the upper room began to speak in tongues of, of different languages, and everybody from all around heard them and came and gathered around. They thought they were drunk, and they were saying, what's going on? And then Peter stands up and preaches, and this is, as far as we can tell, this is the first time recorded in Scripture where Peter says something truly intelligent. Truth, tr truthfully, like I'm not, it's, it's the first time recorded. Other times he wanted to build a tent on the mountain when Jesus was transfigured, right? Just Peter didn't say the smartest stuff all the time. So this is the first time that it's recorded where Peter begins to say intelligent things. And he preaches this massive sermon where he begins to um, expound about who God is and, and who Jesus was. And, and so these people say to, say to him, what, what do we do? What do we do with what you've just said? And Peter says, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then verse 39 says, this promise is to who? To you and to who else? Your children. And then to who else? Those far away. And then the last thing it says, all who have been called by the Lord our God. When you look at that scripture, can you find anybody in, in that verse right there who is not included in the ability to receive the Holy Spirit into their life? No, he says this gift is for you and it's for your kids to those that are far away and all who have been called by the Lord God. And we know from the Word of God, the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, right? He wants everybody to know Him. So this scripture is talking about the Holy Spirit is for everyone. If you've accepted Jesus into your heart, if you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, then guess what? You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. That's how this works. Jesus said, I'm going to go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit down, and it's better for you. Now, that is the gift of the Spirit. Now, there is the gifts. Sorry, that was the gift of the Spirit. Then there are the spiritual gifts. Okay, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's look at this. It says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Hmm. Look at the person beside you. Tony has nobody. Tony, look at Marlene. Look at her. Look at somebody else. Stare at me. Look behind you. A spiritual gift has been given to each of you. 
Now, I want to tell you this. Everybody in here has been given a spiritual gift. So the person you're sitting beside, yeah, your dad, has a spiritual gift. Your sister, me, Ken, Marlene, Tony, Jason. We have gifts that the Spirit has given us. Now those gifts, and we're going to look at those today, the spiritual gifts, these gifts are for the working of the body, and they are for others. And then, guys, there is the fruit of the Spirit. So there's the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit living inside of us, God's Spirit coming down and indwelling us. Then there is spiritual gifts, which are for everybody. And then there is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says this, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Next verse. And self-control. There is no law against these things. It says the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit inside of you. When you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, which you do once you accept Christ into your life, then he is working. He is making this fruit happen inside of Kayla. He says, I want Kayla to be full of love and joy and peace and patience. Can I just say this to you today? Maybe you should take stock of your life and see what kind of fruit you're producing. Do you walk in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness? And it was really hard to say the word patience. I don't know what happened there, but I, I got it out. These things are working inside of you. He, the Spirit is producing these things inside of you. The fruit of the Spirit is an inward working, and it manifests itself out. It comes out of you. The spiritual gifts that we're going to look at in 1 Corinthians 12, those are for the working of the body. Galatians 5 is working inside of you to produce this fruit. You should be walking around looking like this. You should be full of love, and you should be full of joy. Not happiness. Not just happiness, because happiness, guess what? Happiness comes and it goes. But joy stays forever because it's from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So you should be walking around full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness. And, man, this last one, self-control. Mm-hmm. Self-control. The Holy Spirit works in you, enabling you to control yourself. That means when your flesh wants to act a certain way, you are able to say, no, you're not allowed to do that. Don't tell me I'm not, you, I just said you're not allowed to do this. But I want to do this. I want to say that word. I want to think that thought. I want to go over there and kick that person I'm going to kick them. I want to kick you. And you say, I am going to say no. We've talked about this before. 
And I stand behind this statement 137%. That's how much I believe in this. You don't have to think every thought that comes into your mind. You don't have to do every action that your, your flesh says, I want to do. I want to act this out. I want to do this. You don't have to do it. And in fact, with the spirit working inside of you, producing this fruit, you should be able to control yourself and say, I'm not going to do those things. Well, I am preaching the truth, so I don't know what your problem is, but this is good stuff. I'm going to blame all of you. I'm going to blame all of you for this. All right. So go back with me to 1 Corinthians 12. And this is going to be our main text today. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm in the book of John. I just got all excited. And John's a good book, though. You should read the book of John. Hey, while we're talking about this, because we're not, is everybody having a good time with their connect groups? Good. We're going we're gonna to season, our season one. It's not a TV show. <laughs> Semester one ends up, it ends up soon, and then we're going to kick off some more in January, and I'm hoping to have a whole bunch more in January, and I'm hoping to have a whole bunch more of you in it, because we believe that there is no greater way to connect with each other than, than in a small group where you can sit down and look at somebody eye to eye and talk about the real issues in your life. So I'm just excited about that. Just wanted to share that with you. First Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at this here. I'm going to give you three keys out of here. Three keys. Hmm. Start in verse 1. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special ability the Spirit gives you, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. I don't want you to misunderstand this. And there has been a lot of misunderstanding. And Paul says, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So he begins to spend the next three chapters talking about the gifts of the Spirit and what this should look like in your life. I don't want you to under mis misunderstand. You know that when you were still pagans, people who didn't know Jesus, you were led astray and swept along in uh, worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The first thing I want you to see here is this. In verse 1, dear brothers and sisters, the spirit, special abilities that the Spirit gives you. These are gifts from the Spirit. We're going to look at these gifts, and these are from the Spirit. This is from the Spirit of God. This is God giving you gifts. This is from him for you. Have you ever got a gift from somebody that you didn't know how to use? That when you opened it, you said, I don't know what this is. And then you do like the fake, like, oh, so great. But in your mind, you're like, I have no idea what this is. And they're like, do you like it? I love it so much. I can't wait to use it for whatever it's intended for. Am I alone? Am I the only person that's ever, like, got a gift? Kayla says no. Anybody else? Have you ever got a gift you just didn't know what it was really for? Or why they gave it to you? Like, what am I supposed to do with this thing? Why are you giving me this? Paul says, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about the gifts that God gives you because I don't want you to misunderstand it. And it's important to us that you do not misunderstand the gifts of the Spirit. It's important that you understand how they're meant for you, how they're supposed to work, what they're designed to do. So the first thing you need to know is that they come from God. Now he says in verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. 
God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. There's a whole lot of different stuff in that verse, isn't there? Different, different gifts, different abilities, but it's the same God. There are different gifts that each one of you has that God has given you that the body of Christ needs from you. There's things inside of Angela that God has placed there for her to use for the benefit of others. There's things inside of Jill that God has placed there specifically. Says I, God says, I'm going to give this gift to Jill so that she can do this. I want Jill to use this gift and to do this. There's lots of different gifts. And if you go on this chapter, he begins to talk about the body and how there's different parts to the body, right? But every part is important. There's no one part that's more important than the other parts. Every part is equally important. So what I'm saying to you today is that you have the ability inside of you to change the world around you. Because you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, and He desires to work in you and through you to accomplish His will. So He has given you gifts that you are required by Him to use. And it's not just for Dan. It's not just so that Dan can grab his guitar and put his toque on, look way cooler than me, stand up here and sing and strum. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm Dan. Using my gift. Hey, hey. It's not about Dan. It's about Dan using that gift because it's the gift that God has given to lead us all into worship where we spend time in the presence of God, hearing his voice, listening to his spirit, and being transformed and changed. There is things inside of Dre that God has placed there that he is wanting Dre to use. Listen, there is things inside each and every one of you that they are there that you can only do them the way that God put inside of you. I can't do those things that God placed inside of you. And you probably wouldn't want me to. You wouldn't want me leading a song. doesn't go, I mean, I can sing a little bit, but I can't sing like Dan. I can't sing like Jen. So everybody needs to use their gifts. And then in verse 7, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Tiffany, you have gifts inside of you so that you can help other people. Kylie, there's gifts inside of you that God, the Spirit of God gave you so that you can help other people. This isn't just about us. It's not about us coming to church. It's just too hot up here. It's getting real. It's not about us coming to church and feeling good about ourselves and being noticed for using our gifts. And somebody saying, oh, man, you know what? You just, I saw the way that you did that today, and you're amazing. The way that you put that coffee out, the way that you, that, you, that you carved that fruit up, it was just, oh, you're such an artist. You're amazing. Or you're so great at doing this. The way that you, like, greeted people with the two-hand handshake, I could never do that. When you really go and you're like, hello, nice to see you, and you make direct eye contact, it was so great. The gift that you have is to serve other people. It's not about you. 
It's not about me. It's about serving. And do you know what I'm doing right now? Do you know what I'm doing right now? I am serving you. I'm standing up here serving you. When I read my Bible and I pray, I'm serving. When I'm thinking about you, when I'm praying for you at home, when I think about the situations you're going through, when I think about the things you're dealing with in your life, do you know what I'm doing? I am serving you. This is what we're called to do. All right, let's, get it. let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. So in verse 7, he says, a spiritual gift is given to each of you so we can help each other. So the first thing I wanted you to notice there was that it's God. It's the Spirit that gives the gift. The second thing that I wanted you to know is there's all kinds of different gifts. All kinds of different gifts, and that's okay, and that's needed. We need all the gifts. All of them. Full send. All gifts. Bring it all. The third thing I wanted you to know was that your gift isn't just for you. It's to serve other people. If you're not serving, hmm, do I want to say this? I do? Full send. (laughs) If you're not serving, hmm, so many ways I could say this. I feel like if you're not serving, you're spiritually hoarding. You're hanging on to what the Spirit is wanting to work in you and through you. You're like, no, this is for me. This is for me. This is for me. God wants you to serve other people. So take your hands off yourself and begin to open up your hand and serve other people. And begin to step out in what God has called you to do and say, you know what, man? I love you so much. John 3, 16, what does it say? God loved us so much that he gave. Quit being spiritual hoarders. If you're not serving, I would encourage you today to find a place in the body where you say, I can serve by doing this. And you know what? We, were, we have our next course, and today we were going through this. And inside of this test, inside of this course is a test. And you say, you know what? I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. I don't know what the things that God's called me to do. We have two tests inside this book that goes through, and it tells you, it helps you discover who God's created you to be. It helps you find out your personality. It helps you find out your spiritual gifts. So you can say, oh, this is who I am. Well, I can take this gift and I can use it that way. So if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, then come and see me and I will help you find out. That's another way that I serve you. All right, so he says, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. In verse 10, it says, He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret it is what, what is being said. Verse 11 says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and He alone decides which gift each person should have. Man, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel so good. That God tailor-made things. He said, okay, here's Willow, and I am choosing to put this gift inside Willow. And I want Willow to step up and use this gift. 
It says it's the one and only Spirit who chooses, and He alone decides each gift that we should have. I'm telling you guys, everybody in this room, if you have Christ in your life, there is a gift that the Spirit of God has placed inside of you and that you are called to use that gift. So we're going to break these gifts down into three categories for you, all right? The first one is called this. We call them the revelation gifts, right? And what are the revelation gifts? It is the word of wisdom, it's the word of knowledge, and it is the spiritual discernment, the ability to discern between right and wrong, good and evil. These revelation gifts, their, their purpose is revealing the unknown and bringing it to light. There is somebody that has the gift of wisdom, where God has said, I'm going to make you wise. I'm going to give you my thoughts. And so you say, I need some wisdom. Well, go and find the person that has the gift of wisdom. You say, I need, I need some knowledge. I need some direction in my life. Then go and find the person that has the word of knowledge for your life. We were at a meeting last night. Jen was um, leading worship. We were at a meeting last night with a guy that we knew of, but we don't know personally. Never, never talked. I never talked to him. He doesn't know anything about our situation, what's happening in our life. And I'll tell you, tell you what, church was long. It didn't start till seven. We thought it was going to start like at six. It didn't start till seven. Worship was like an hour. Then this guy preached for like an hour. And the whole time he's preaching, you're thinking to yourself, man, I got to drive all the way back from Langley to Cultus Lake. I got to get up at the crack of dawn, get ready for church in the morning. I'm going to be exhausted. You're sitting there and he's like, you know what? I'm done preaching now, but I, I just feel like there's some people that God wants me to minister to. Oh, so he's going to start using the gifts that God gave him for other people. Hmm, good. So he says, you know, uh, are you guys okay if I do that? And we, everybody's like, well, you can't say no. So everybody says, actually, no, I want to go home now. Can you be done? So everybody says, yeah, man, go ahead. Go. Go for it. And so he begins. He says, okay. He ministers to somebody over here, and he says, McGrew Crew, because all four of us were together last night. Jen and Sydney were singing, and me and Josiah were the chauffeurs, and we were there hanging out. And so he says, McGrew Crew. And he just looks at us, and he begins to talk to us about our life. And he begins to talk to us about the church and, and things that are taking place. And let me tell you, these were specific things that he would have had no way of knowing. No way on earth, unless he had sat in a room having a conversation with us, would he have known these things. But because he has the gift of knowledge and the word of knowledge, the Holy Spirit says, I want you to say this to them. And he began to talk to us about this stuff. And I'm sitting there, and my friends are pastors at this church, and I send him a text, and I say, did you tell this guy something? Have you said something about us to this guy? He's like, I haven't said a word about anything to this guy at all about you. This was just God working through him for us. Okay? So then we have the power gifts. And the power gifts are the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the working of miracles. Now, people will say things like, you know what? These gifts, they died with the apostles. We don't see them at work anymore. They're not for today. They were for, they were for way back then when the apostles were working and they were spreading the gospel around. It was to get the gospel out there. That's why these gifts were. But let me tell you this. I can't find anywhere in the Bible where it says there's an expiration date on the gifts of the Spirit and the moving of the Spirit. And I, I would say, like, has anybody else, have you found that in the Word of God where it says, oh, by the way, my gifts expire on June 1st, 2018? 
like some bad milk. Mm -mm. Those gifts are forever. So it's the gift of faith, the gift of healing and miracles. We call these the power gifts, and they are for showing God's goodness. When you're in a grocery store and you say, hey, man, I got to pray for you. God said, I got to pray for you. I see you limping around. I see you're missing a leg. I see you're missing a toe. I see that you're deaf. I see that you're blind. And God said, I got to come pray for you. And so I'm going to lay my hands on you. I'm going to pray. And then, boom, your eyes open up or your leg grows out or you grow a finger out. Or who knows what happens? But God's goodness is shown to the people. The last one is this. We call them the speaking gifts. This is tongues and interpretation and prophecy. Tongues and interpretation and prophecy. If you were here at our transition service, my parents got up and they gave a tongue and an interpretation. My mom just stands up and away she goes, speaking in tongues. And I'm always like, what is, what's happening? Like, I know what's happening, but I'm always like, I wonder if dad hears this in English. And just, we all hear it in something else and dad hears it in English. No, she gave a tongue and an interpretation and prophecy. These are the speaking gifts. And these gifts are for making known the mind and thoughts of God. And they are needed in the body of Christ. They are needed. There are times when you don't know. And listen, tongues and interpretation, the gift of tongues is where people just check out. They're like, I don't understand tongues. And all I've seen about tongues is what people do in movies, and they make fun of Christians who pray in tongues. Let me tell you about speaking in tongues. There are two kinds of tongues that take place. There is the gift of tongues and interpretation. And what is that for? For the body. It's for the body to bring encouragement, to bring forth the mind of God. And then there is your own personal prayer language where it is you speaking to God in a language that you don't even understand. And the Bible says that it is your spirit communicating directly with the spirit of God. And people say, well, Paul said that do all of you speak in tongues? No. So there's like, I don't understand. So are we supposed to speak in tongues? Are we not supposed to speak in tongues? It's because Paul was talking about the gift of tongues and interpretation. Paul talked all the time about you having your own prayer language and talking to God. Jude verse 20 says, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul says, I thank my God that I pray more than all of you. I think Ephesians says, pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing when you've got to talk to somebody? In the Spirit. Oh. <laughs> I feel like you're all staring at me like, what is your deal today, man? I don't want you to leave this place confused about who the Holy Spirit is to you and for you. He is your helper. He is what you need when you need it, when you don't know what it is you need yourself. There is times in your life where you are going to find yourself between a rock and a hard place. Listen, talking about praying in the Spirit, and that scripture says, 
You don't know what you're praying, but you're praying the perfect will of God. There is times where I have found myself in situations, and I did not have the words. I didn't even know what I was supposed to do, and I just began to pray in the Spirit. And as I began to pray in the Spirit, what happens? Your faith is built up inside of you. And you begin to get wisdom and clarity. You begin to understand how to walk through this situation. You begin how to understand how to deal with that person. You begin to understand what it is you're supposed to do in that situation because the Spirit begins working inside of you. He says, I'm here. You're not alone. I'm going to walk through this every step of the way with you. I've got wisdom for you. I've got knowledge for you. I've got discernment for you. I've got whatever you need right now. I've got. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is your helper. He's your helper. What does he help you do? Everything. Wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, the Holy Spirit is there to walk through it with you and enable you to walk through it. I love that quote from Winston Churchill. Well, They're not really sure if it's Winston Churchill. They give him the credit. But he says, if you're going through hell, keep going. So many times, we're just happy, running through life, and all of a sudden, we get bogged down in hell. We get bogged down in the worst circumstances. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to get out of it. Our feet are stuck. When I was a kid, when I was 12 years old, one day, I don't know, I think I was just feeling like I wanted to experience life, and I decided I was going to run away from home. My grandparents were up from Tulsa. We were living at a new house on Blue Jay Avenue. And um, something, I think my mom told me I had to do something. I was like, I don't want to do it. I'm running away. And so my parents sent me outside to go walk the dog. And so I go outside and I go walk the dog. And I, I walk literally 50 feet away from the house. And there's a mud. And so being a 12-year-old kid, I start, have you ever gone to the beach and stand like in the sand, like where the waves are coming up. And if you stand there like this and just start moving your feet and it slowly begins to sink around you, like your feet begin to sink in the sand until you just keep going deeper and deeper. Well, that's what I was doing in the mud. And I got like ankle deep and I couldn't get my boots out. I had to jump out of my boots and walk home with no shoes on. My family's like, what are you doing? Where's your boots? Well, I was running away because you were making me eat spaghetti again and I hate spaghetti. And you're like, Jacob, go upstairs and shut up. That's, <laughs> but a lot of us are going through life and we find ourselves where we've been standing in the mud doing this with our feet. And we get mired down, we get mired down, we get mired down. The, the mud is coming higher and higher and higher until we can't move our legs anymore and we're just stuck. But I want to tell you right now that if you find yourself in that place, the Holy Spirit is still there with you and he still wants to get your feet unstuck and help you figure out how to walk on solid ground and get from point A to point B. You don't have to stay in the mud in the middle. You don't got to stay there. And I'll tell you this, if you do stay there, it's because you're choosing to. That ain't fun to say. And it ain't fun to hear. But if you find yourself in the middle of a swamp, it's not because nobody's there to help you. It's because you're not receiving the grace and the help to walk through that situation. Stand up with me.
Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only He can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.